Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, March 22nd, 2019. This week, we've been promised Finn Balor and a mystery partner, Kurt Angle's final opponent at WrestleMania, and Kofi Kingston in a gauntlet match. I'm, uh, yeah, God, one take, I have a headache, and I'm starving, so this should be fun. It's Monday, I'm exhausted, this should be interesting. So we open Raw with Brock Lesnar, so he can go home as soon as he's done. Heyman does his shtick, Paul goes back to the small guys Rollins named last week, and points out that Lesnar beat all of them anyways. Paul starts putting over Drew McIntyre, and Drew comes out to appreciate the compliments. He promises to make Brock's job at WrestleMania quite easy by giving him the night off, since he's going to murder Seth tonight. So Seth comes out and beats the shit out of him with a chair. Brock looks moderately impressed at this. He then runs away when Seth gets in the ring. Back to Leo Rush costing Balor the Intercontinental title last week, Cole tells us that we didn't even know Leo was there last week and that we all thought he was sick. This is news to me. Match number one, Finn Balor and question mark versus Leo and Lashley. Rushley interrupt Finn during a promo so that Leo, Leo of all people, can compare Balor to a leprechaun. Finn's partner is Braun Strowman. Oh, Okay, that's underwhelming. This match is brought to you by Head & Shoulders, who is nice enough to give us a fake commercial break in order to relegate the match to maybe a sixth of the total screen space so that they can run two Head & Shoulders ads back-to-back, one featuring Becky Lynch, one not. Negative points. Eventually, Bobby just leaves, leaving Leo to get power slammed and pinned by Braun Grade. C. Most of this match was spent in a small corner of the screen so we could have a fake commercial break, and what we did see was not super compelling. They then talk about tonight's matches, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre and Dana Brooke versus Ronda Rousey for the Women's Championship. Kudos to the entire commentary team for not just busting out laughing while having to present that Dana has even the slightest chance of winning that matchup. Ronda shows up to the building with her husband. She's chided by John Cohn for being late. They've hired extra security. She's a bitch about it. Alexa comes to the ring as we go to commercial. The moment of bliss tonight is apparently just Michael Cole running down the WrestleMania card. Brock versus Seth, Ronda versus Charlotte, Becky versus uh, Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky, Orton versus Styles, Shane versus Miz, Hunter versus Batista. I wonder how they're going to announce the other 11 matches over the next three weeks. Alexa's guest is Elias, who she properly introduces. Elias announces that he is the headlining musical act at WrestleMania, and based on Fastlane, I'm going to guess this means we see him sing a song after the first three matches, and then he disappears until just before the main event. He is interrupted by No Way Jose. Otis and Tucker are in the conga line. No Way Jose is not weird. But it turns out he is as he attacks Elias from behind while dressed as a burger wearing a luchador mask. The hair is still awful. Match number two, No Way Jose versus Elias. No Way gets some offense in to the delight of the hosebuds, but he gets elbow dropped and drifted away, and Elias wins. Grade C. It was a match. It was definitely a match. Enter Kurt Angle, who is going to tell us who his WrestleMania retirement match opponent will be. Kurt says he'll have one last match in Chicago tonight, and that at WrestleMania he will face Baron Corbin. Are you fucking kidding me? Tonight, Kurt faces Chad Gable, who says that Kurt is an inspiration and thanks him for the opportunity. It's a nice spot, which I would think was unplanned if they didn't have the cameraman in the ring to make sure the mic picked it up. Is it bad that when Gable came out, I literally thought for half a second, oh, hey, Chad Gable, where's he been? Before remembering he's in a fucking tag team with Bobby Roode. 
At one point, Chad locks the ankle lock on Kurt, and the crowd will not have any of it. He counters an angle slam into a DDT that gets a two-count, then misses a moonsault and taps out to the ankle lock. Grade B. Look, angle's about a year, maybe two, too late on this retirement, but Chad brought out a very good match in him. Baron Corbin interrupts the post-match hug fest, and a completely blown-up Kurt Angle watches Corbin talk smack from the stage. Backstage, Corbin and the Revival are making awkward small talk when Apollo appears to challenge Corbin to a match. No one likes Corbin. This is hilarious, apparently. In the ring, Charlie calls Boss Hugs out for not appearing on SmackDown. They'll be on SmackDown Live tomorrow night. This is the cue for the Divas of Doom, except that they're not Divas anymore, so the women of Doom? That doesn't really work. Beth calls herself the Dragon, and she immediately challenges and she challenges them to a tag title match at WrestleMania. The crowd is in favor of this, and Bailey immediately tries to back out. Good look. That's a real, real good look. Natalia opens her dumb mouth, and Sasha shuts her right up. Then she gets slapped. Sasha is apparently the bad cop of Boss Hugs. There's a small brawl, and we go to break. Match number four: Sasha Banks versus Natalia. The match continues until Nia appears to lie to us about how great she is. Tamina then attacks everyone but Natalia, leading uh, everyone but Natalia, leading to the disqualification victory for Sasha, presumably. Grade C. Yay! Story advancement on a story that nobody wanted to be advanced. Mojo Raleigh then yells in a mirror. I fucking jinxed it. Fucking jinxed it on the blender last week. God damn it. <sighs> Match number five. NXT superstar Ricochet and his Christopher Daniels Fallen Angel jacket versus Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal? Really? Huh. Ricochet starts off hot, then for some reason Jinder gets to make a comeback. But ultimately Ricochet w- gets the win with the 6-3-0 grade. B. Rick is really fun to watch. Then the announcement of the Warrior War, War, Jesus Warrior Award, which is going to someone who works for WWE, which is what Warrior wanted to honor in the first place. If you actually listen to his speech the night before he died, which was like five years ago, jeez. Backstage, Dasha asks Seth about attacking people with chairs. Match number six: Ronda Rousey versus Dana Brooke for the WWE Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> <laughs> Ronda wins in less than a minute. Grade D for Dana Brooke has no right to even be mentioned in the same sentence as the women's championship unless it's to say Dana Brooke has no chance of ever winning a women's championship. But maybe I'm just pissy. Ronda refuses to release the hold until she does. Ronda shoves a referee. Ronda and her husband beat up the security guards. Ronda's husband gets arrested for assault, or at least he should, for punching a security guard in the face as a crowd member. Also... Didn't Rhonda tell us last week that we need to pay her $60 to see the armbar? Okay. I wanted to, like, heal Rhonda. I really did. I really, really did. But I don't. The whole, I'm real, you're fake thing isn't doing it for me at all. And honestly feels extremely condescending. They may be trying for that ultra badass, take no prisoners, devil may care, fuck the world thing, but to me, she's coming off as a spoiled snotty cunt who would happily break her toys then let other people play with them, because she knows that mommy and daddy will just buy her new ones. She's not a badass, she's a fucking brat, and I cannot wait until she disappears after WrestleMania. That's my two cents. After the break, they tell us Dana is seriously injured. Who fucking cares? Let's move on. Match number seven, Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews. You know how I know this match is going to suck? They both got jobber entrances. 
Cole then mentions how upset the WWE universe is that Kurt selected Corbin as his opponent at Mania, so maybe this is still just a story and they'll change it to something decent. By my estimate, two of the first three minutes of this match were spent in a rest hold. Apollo wins with a sneaky roll-up. Grade D. This was also awful. Michael Cole then interviews Batista from a strange room with gold curtains. I really, really want this to get to WrestleMania and be a double turn. Batista's the face, Hunter's the heel. Batista was right all along. Hunter's a dick. That would be awesome. Elsewhere, Charlie reminds us that Braun destroyed a car last week so they could make more money on action figures. Braun uses this horrible angle as an excuse to enter the Androphy Battle Royal, and then Alexa tries to prevent Braun from killing Michael and Colin. Drew challenges Roman to a match at WrestleMania. Before we get to match number eight, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Seth is wearing his initials on, <coughs> on his chest in Chicago Bears colors, just in case he forgets where he is and who he is. Things were going so well until we get the cliched trope of face gets distracted by heel rivals entrance music and, in this case, appearance on the stage, walks into a finisher and gets pinned. Grade B. Other than that, this was a really fun match. Overall grade for Raw, C-. Between Dana Brooke, Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, and Head and Shoulders, this episode of Raw was less than mediocre. Saved from a true dumpster firedom by Ricochet, Seth, and Drew, and I'm sure Finn's abs work their way into the equation somewhere there as well. Let's move on to the blue brand, where things can't possibly get worse, can they? We are in Indianapolis, and we open with the promise of the KO show later on tonight with Becky and Charlotte as guests, plus the gauntlet match for Kofi. But first, The Miz. Miz starts with a replay of Shane from last Tuesday, then back to Miz. Miz admits to being an utter shithead for the last 10 years. He talks about being a self-made superstar and not being born into fame and fortune like Shane. Enter Boss Hug. Sadly, we can't escape. It's boss time as Jabiron jizzes in his pants at the opportunity to say it. Match number one, Boss Hugs versus the Iconics. They wrestle for a few minutes, hit a couple sloppy double-team maneuvers on Billy, and then Lacey Evans does her Lacey Evans thing before a commercial break. Don't get me wrong... I like the Iconics and would love to see them do big things in WWE, but sometimes I feel like they go for comedy spots when it's not really the time for a comedy spot. For for instance, in this match, Sasha was in the ring with Peyton when Billy hops up on the bottom rope to loudly yell and gesticulate at Sasha. I know loudly yell is redundant. I wrote it anyway. Sasha slides out of the ring, which causes Billy to bend over the top rope as though somehow she was going to stop her, and then Sasha pulls Billy off the apron to the floor going face first off the apron in the process and it just felt out of place and weird peyton ends up pinning sasha for the for the non-title victory grade c this match was okay but there were some rough spots backstage kayla is with ray ray has a big announcement about wrestlemania but first he brings in eddie guerrero's son dominic who is wearing the gucci jacket from the shane dawson jeffrey star video ray announces that he'll face joe for the u.s title at wrestlemania kayla then talks to dom for some reason Dom promises to sit front row at Mania to see his dad take care of that bully Samoa Joe. Enter Kevin Owens in a suit jacket and bright red tie over his t-shirt. I love it. Bonus points. We get a rundown of the WrestleMania card, and then it's KO Show. As mentioned, his guests are Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Kevin reminds us of what they've said about each other over the past few weeks and what's what Ronda's said about Becky, and then just tells them to beat the shit out of each other, which they do. The brawl continues, but we go to Kayla instead, who is with AJ Styles. He needs a haircut, and he's going to beat Randy at WrestleMania. Enter Daniel Bryan. He talks about how Kofi hasn't earned anything and is undeserving of even the chance of having a shot at the WWE title at WrestleMania. Match number two, Kofi Kingston versus The Gauntlet. 
Up first, Seamus, who gets pinned after a trouble in paradise. Cesaro is next. He wastes no time in attacking the, the tired Kofi. Cesaro uses a number of submission maneuvers on Kofi, only to get pinned by an SOS. Rowan is third. He's back to using the Bludgeon Brothers theme song instead of his weird Swamp Gas song, which is perfectly okay in my book. He brutalizes Kofi, getting himself disqualified by using a chair. Number four is Samoa Joe, as Kofi lays beaten, having been face chokeslammed through the commentator table. Kofi counters a muscle buster into a roll-up for three, and last but not least, the Viper, Randy Orton. We get a trouble in paradise, but Orton is able to roll out of the ring before an exhausted Kingston can crawl over to make the pin. But later on, Kofi rolls up Randy and is going on to WrestleMania grade A. Beautiful storytelling, a surprising finish. I know I wasn't expecting Kofi to go all the way, and we get a feel-good ending, so that's good. Enter, oh boy, Vince... McMahon. He congratulates Kofi and tells him he's going to WrestleMania if he defeats one last opponent. Therein lies the rub. Match number three, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Vince, you cruel, cruel mastermind. This is genius. The crowd has been absolutely deflated. Massive explosion when Kofi beat, uh, pinned Randy and now they're all but silent. Kofi falls to the running knee and is not going to WrestleMania yet. Grade A. They sucked us in, they played with our emotions, and they left us unsatisfied. Huh. Sounds like my ex-girlfriend. Anyway, how can, how can they be so good at this story in two months and have failed so miserably in the Raw Women's Title story over three? Overall grade for SmackDown, A-. minus. I think it speaks for itself, really. Overall grade for the week, B-. minus. A stellar SmackDown saves a lackluster Raw. I can only hope that this Baron Corbin thing is subterfuge for Kurt's actual opponent to be a surprise at Mania, and I can't wait to see how Kofi gets himself inserted into the WrestleMania title match. But that's next week. Until then, however, be sure to vote every day in the hottest woman in WWE tournament on rundownwrestling.com. Check out the new archive pages, and I will be back next Sunday with another edition of Making the Grade. Blur.